Well, good day. I'm Mark Sylvester, your host for this 805 Conversation, where we talk to fascinating people you'll want to know better. If this is your first time listening, thanks for coming. The 805 Conversations podcast is produced every other week. Please subscribe so you don't miss any upcoming shows. Our show is sponsored by California Lutheran University School of Management and Tolman and Weicker Insurance Services. Thanks to them both for their support and continued encouragement. And thanks to my podcasting partner and co-host, Patrick, from Pull String Press for this great studio. Good morning, Patrick. Ah, oh, Mark, I'm so glad you made it in today. Yeah, I am too. And we have a guest who's dialing in from the southern part of the 805. Mary Olson is the general manager at KCLU Radio and is used to doing radio interviews like this. Good morning, Mary. Well, good morning, Mark, and good morning, Patrick. How exciting. I, Mark, there's a little pressure here now. You said where you talk to fascinating people. I feel like I really have to be on my game. you got to yeah. bring it. We yeah. set the bar really high around here. Uh, we only right. talk to fascinating people. And if people recognize your voice, it's because they listen to KCLU radio here, uh, NPR, and you're on the, uh, you do the drive um, uh, the membership drive every year. And you know what's interesting about that it, to me is how you, you both locally and you NPR nationally are always reinventing the message, the pitch, and the how you get people into uh, the frame of mind to give. Would you give us a little behind the scenes on that? Because it, it just it's amazing to me how it's always different. Well, um, sure. First of all, if, if I may, I just want to take two steps back. And for those people, you know, your listeners who may not be familiar with public broadcasting, just really quickly, public radio is, is just like public television. The, the good folks that bring Big Bird and, and uh, Elmo, you know, into your living rooms, we're just like that, only we're on the radio. So we exist um, as an educational, informational, cultural alternative to uh, mainstream commercial media. And we also exist just like public television does by listener support. So that means people who listen to KCLU uh, twice a year when we come on the air and we say it's the, we call it the membership drive or the sustainer drive, we ask people to step up and, as I like to say, put your money where your ears are. And that's <laughs> critically important <laughs> because um, about 65% of our entire budget comes from listener support. And I, I think that's important to stress, Mark, because... I think sometimes people think, oh, it's just free, or they have these huge corporate sponsors. That's not true. It's regular people like you and me who give, whether it's a one-time gift of $25, or maybe it's uh, $25 a month, or it's $1,000, or whatever it is, it comes in all shapes and sizes, but all that money collectively goes to make up the majority of the KCLU budget. So part of what we do during our biannual membership drives is to help educate people because we have a wonderful problem, and I put that in air quotes. The problem <laughs> is our audience keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and what that means is brand new listeners may not understand what I just explained mm -hmm. to, to a moment ago, which is we depend on listener support. So when you craft messages, we always, of course, there's a lot of production that goes in to preparing for a membership drive with uh, honor messages and promos and and our message has to be both 
educational as in here's who we are, here's why we're doing this, and here's why you should support it, while also simultaneously not sounding like you're in a lecture in college again. And it has to be fun and it has to be compelling. So what we call it is you make the case, Mm -hmm. which is kind of, you know, you're, you're explaining why it's important, why it's vital, why it's significant, why it's different, why it's unique, and then the close, which is why you, Mark, why you, Patrick, why you, the listener, should stop what you're doing at that moment, pick up the phone, and make a gift that's significant to you. And what's always been really important to me is that everyone understand that their contribution is significant. And we have all different kinds of pledges that come in. I mean, truly, we have, we have senior citizens that will call us and say, I would like to make a $10 gift. That gift, honestly, is as important to us and as significant to us as someone who casually calls and says, put $5,000 on my Platinum American Express. Casually. Casually calls. Yeah, because each person, though, gives a gift that is significant to them. And we are here, and I want to, you know, underscore this, whether or not people can ever make a gift, guys, we are here to serve the community. And I, even if someone listens, you know, 18 hours a day, you know, and, and forever and never make a gift, that's okay because I still want them to have access mm-hmm. to what I think is the best public radio station, the best public broadcasting, the best news package anywhere where you have the great NPR news that you've come to rely on along with BBC for international news, but also, and you know this as a listener, what makes us unique is Lance Orozco and the entire Mm -hmm. KCLU news team delivering local news. And that is what sets us apart. Shout out to Lance. That's every morning. Every morning we're we're making breakfast and with with my one year old daughter, and we're listening we're listening to KCLU to get and that the local stuff is what we mostly that's what we stop banging pots to listen to, because that'll be the mm-hmm. stuff that we need to know about for today. And right. Well, first of all, you're a good parent because you've already <laughs> at one year old your daughter Henry. You're 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 rearing her right yes, by introducing yes. her to NPR. That's right. <laughs> From birth. From that's birth. Awesome. Yes, yes. In NPR is, is that's what she thinks radio is. And that's what she thinks is played in the kitchen. That must be what's, what's Okay. Yeah. So Patrick, here's what's gonna happen to you. My <laughs> oldest now is twenty. Yeah. This is this is how it goes. My oldest is now twenty years old. All he ever heard, you know, was NPR in, in mom's car. Yeah. So he was about five years old and we were driving on the way to a birthday party. His dad and I were in the car and from the back seat we heard do, 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 <laughs> The theme from All Things Considered, yeah, yeah. you know, the opening uh-huh. intro music. And his dad looked at me and said, okay, now listen, um, we have got to help him transition into, he should be singing Barney, he should be singing Teenage Mutant no, Ninja Turtles. No. This is, and we just laughed and laughed and laughed that our five-year-old was doing the theme song for All Things Considered instead of, I don't know, you know, Mariah Carey's latest song. I don't know. Well, as opposed to the, moment, the so. video I watched yesterday of a two-year-old singing Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, that sounds... Now, that is some great parenting, yes. because who doesn't yes. love Fre- Freddie Mercury? I mean, yeah. I am all for that, for yeah. sure. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I And i watching it thinking, oh, this is just going to be a stunt. And she did 
the entire song. Mm. And I wow. was, and then when it's, dun, 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 and she's shaking her head, and I'm like, okay, this is spectacular. Uh, I don't know when our listener is listening to the show, but Bohemian Rhapsody is opening today in theaters near you. I can't <laughs> wait to go. I am so All excited. Right. Mark's movie reviews today. I'm very excited. Yeah. Well, uh, Santa Barbara Cinema Society is um, screening next Friday, and Remy, I think that's how we pronounce the actor's yeah. name, is going to be here for the Q&A. Remy Malik. Oh, Remy Malik. I, that's very cool. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait. Mary, I want to ask you, I mean, I've got 800 questions, but I want to start with one. Um, I want to talk about podcasting. Um, you've been in radio your entire career. You've got a degree in mass communications, journalism, production. You, This is what you have done. Um, podcasting has... Uh, has come about, has been around since uh, before the iPhone. So I'm going to say about 15 years, I'm guessing. Someone called it Radio 4.0 yesterday. What, what huh. would you say if you heard that? Well, a couple of different things. Um, I am all for any sort of smart, compelling information. Yes. And one of the things that we had to, to change. It was a mindset. It was a paradigm shift in broadcasting, you know, a couple decades ago, when all of a sudden these, at the time, these crazy new things, what? A podcast? What are you talking right. about? Digital recordings of broadcast that you're going to download from your computer? What are you talking? This was all new, remember, way back when. Yep. One of the things, there were two ways to go, and I remember speaking with colleagues, and we had all gotten together at a meeting. And from the very start my position was this. You have to meet people where they are. Mm -hmm. Platforms are changing. There's no such thing anymore as just a terrestrial radio station. And what I mean by that, I am a terrestrial radio station and, you know, and then some. But in the old days, it was like, no, you know, I'm a rock station, that's what I am. Or I'm a news station, that's what I am. And, and people became very entrenched in that. People are going to get in their car, and they're going to listen by tuning into my station. N those stations are dead now. Uh, you can't just be a terrestrial radio station anymore. You have to expand the platforms on which people can access your information. So, for example, in our case, so we at one point, of course, we were just a terrestrial radio station as everyone else was. And then this crazy thing called the Internet happened, right? And we realized, wow, we can stream our signal on the Internet. Now, now this sounds so elementary and goofy and funny <laughs> now in 2018, right? But remember, remember, guys, sure, when that sure. was brand new? It, everyone, I don't care if you were the top pop station in L.A., New York, everyone was on the air going, and now you can listen to us around the world. At And so streaming audio was like, wow, it was mind-blowing. But that was a paradigm shift for a lot of stations, and that became available. Then, what's this crazy thing, this iPhone, where you can go to something called a, you know, the Apple Store and get an app? That was a huge investment for people. Digital technology like that was a huge investment for, for, for public radio stations and even commercial stations to go, what now? Who's going to do that? Or people aren't going to do that. From the very start, I always knew, as the engineer always knew, 
everyone is going to adopt this. You have to meet people where they are. So there's yep. one or two ways to go. You're going to say, I'm investing the 20 grand for the new, a new design you know, on this app, and we're going to start pushing it on air, and we're going to make it available, or you're going to sit there and be way behind the curve. And whenever you're in any sort of media, the last thing you want to be <laughs> is behind the curve, yeah, right? Yeah, so yeah. this is not baseball. You know, a curve is not a good thing. So, you you know, for us, you, you, we looked at podcasting and just like we looked at, you know, streaming audio and these other things as, hey, this is great. Same thing. With, what station do you listen to? Well, wait a minute. Let me rephrase that because, of course, I know you both only listen to KCLU. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> let's just pretend you got crazy and we're listening, you know, someplace else, right? Everyone now, if they don't, they should have. It's like, here's their Twitter handle. Here's their, you know, oh, their, yeah. their social media. Yeah. Here's, here's right. their Facebook. You have a multitude of platforms on which you get information. Podcasting is one of them. Okay, now, I'm going to say something which, of course, you're going to expect me to say I always want people to listen in real time first, okay? Mm -hmm. So do I want you to pot, to listen to All Things Considered or Morning Edition or whatever might be your favorite show at, at 3 in the morning? No, I want you to tune in and listen in real time because then you're going to hear all the great local news and all those things. However, if you can't do that, and that's the other thing that, that, that um, managers and, and, and engineers and program directors had to wrap their head around, people are going to listen when it's convenient for them. People have different schedules. People, do you know we get gifts from people internationally? Mm -hmm. We have people, <laughs> it's so funny, people who used to live here, especially people in the military, all of a sudden we'll get this money, we'll get some, some money transfer from Dubai. Here's $100 for my annual gift, and we're like, what now? You know? <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? So people listen when they can. So podcasting has been fantastic because people can listen to what they want to listen to when they want to listen to it. And, for example, are you guys hip to Serial? You know, the, yep. the podcast, number one podcast, okay? Yep. That came, of, as you may or may not know, of course, from Ira Glass, you know, yep. host of This American Life, okay? That was revolutionary. And not only was it just, it got people who had never listened to a podcast before, people who had never listened to uh, public broadcasting before, heard about this and went, wow, this isn't just entertaining, this is important work. Well, could you imagine important, making important work? Could you imagine, you know, I know you have to, you know, constrict your journalists down to say, like, OK, you have to, you know, communicate to the audience within three minute segment, you know, the entire story of that first season and yes. giving the opportunity to say, like, hey, you know what? Why don't you spend eight hours? Give us eight hours of broadcast on this. I mean, that as a, right. to, to a journalist, that's got to be an incredible gift. I also, as you were Absolutely. as you were talking, it, it reminded me that that you know I'm, I'm I'm mapping in my mind the way in which I use you know the the live broadcast and then the 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 aftermath of that, which is that if I get in or out of my car and I I come into a story halfway through on the live broadcast and I'm like, oh, I don't I need to know you know I want to hear this again, and then I go home and immediately be able to pull it up on 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 the computer mm -hmm. and listen to the show again. That that is. Because I've been listening to NPR since the '90s, and I remember like coming into a, a, a you know, a moment, a, a, a segment halfway through, and going, "I don't know who's the players are. I don't know what's going on." And then this is just—I mean, 
I do that. I do that so often. It's it's a little absurd that I am re-listening <laughs> to stuff I have heard in the car because okay. I need to know. I need to know better what I heard. Patrick, I want to say two things about that because you just said something that I find just the perfect quintessential example of what great journalism does to us as listeners. Yep. Two things. The first is I want you to think of one time you've been listening to a commercial radio station <laughs> where you said, no, I'm not, I'm not joking right now. No, I know. Think about this. A commercial radio station where you first of all felt like you got the whole story. And, and I want to be really clear. I'm not here to beg on commercial broadcasting no, no, at all no. at all they have they have their business model and it works for them they're doing 22 minutes an hour of commercials that's how they they need to sell that so they can make money and they continue continue playing the music or whatever they're playing we're in, we have lots of friends all of us do lance duncan and I, all con- kinds of friends in commercial broadcasting not begging on that at all it's not just not the medium that I choose to work in. And the reason for that is what makes public broadcasting so special. And podcasts like Serial that we're talking about so special is you get the whole story. When you listen to Lance Orozco or you listen to Willis Sandmeyer or Dave Meyer or Duncan Lively, you're not getting a 30-second soundbite. Mm. I don't understand how, how journalists can cover elections, education, the Mideast, immigration. I don't see how that can be a 30 or 60 second story. Mm. That's why public radio, you hear these five and six minute stories every day, all day long, because you, you need that depth. You need that ambient sound. That was the first, the, the first point I wanted to make. The second thing is you touched on something where you said, you, you know, been in your driveway or you've, you said, I got, got to hear the rest of this. In public radio, we call that the driveway moment. And you've heard me talk about this a thing? during the membership drive. It's a thing. As a matter of fact, Public Radio NPR has a CD called The Best Driveway Moments. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'm going to explain what it is. It's, you go to the market. You go to get you know, your, your little girl, Henry, more diapers or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. And you come back from your errand, and like a goofball, you're sitting in your driveway. When you've re- come back home or you've made it to work, if you come to the studio for you and Mark to record, and you sit there, and you know why? You have to hear the rest of the story. Yep. I got I got a cooler in my trunk just so I can do that, <laughs> so that I don't have to worry I, about I the pitch, milk going yes. bad. Yeah. And and you tell me one time you've listened to a, a commercial station no. where yeah. you sat in your driveway, and we call that the driveway moment. And during membership drives, I'll say to people, if you have ever done this, I'm going to ask you to pause and think about that. Because radio that compelling, mm-hmm. where you literally sit there where the darn ice cream is melting, <laughs> radio that compelling has got to be radio we're supporting. Mary, I want to. I want to. Uh, I've been taking notes on all this, and I know our listener is going to be doing that as well. When you said you get gifts from all around the world, one of the things I love about podcasting, and one of the things we discovered a couple hundred shows ago. Because we've got listeners in over 42 countries. Mm -hmm. People are listening around the world. And one of the things that that I rely on is, I guess it was a year, maybe only a year ago, maybe two years ago, that NPR came out with NPR One, which was Mm -hmm. that app that brought all of NPR into one place, but then you could assign your local station to it. So it knows I'm a KCLU listener. And... Mm -hmm. Whenever 
if I wake up in the middle of the night and I can't go to sleep, I just, <laughs> you know, I just hit that. And it starts with the most recent news, but then it starts working backward chronologically through stories that have played. Amazing. And I don't, I don't have to do anything. And uh, I get, it, it's spectacular. Uh, the way well, it, your stream, the stream you get is curated and yes. handcrafted. Yeah, you know, so so it it knows what you want, so to speak. It's curated. It, the podcast and the stories and the news are curated for you. Yeah, which is, I mean, the, yeah. this this, in one sense, your degree is in mass communication, but what we've gotten into is highly targeted, specific, curated conversation, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that um, with, you know, I don't know what the current count of podcasts are, radio stations that we can go listen to. It's in the, you know, millions. But we <laughs> we finally curate the things that we want. It's like curating our Facebook mm-hmm. feed or anything else. I want to uh, move a little over to something else that KCLU does that I think is really important here in the community, which is you... I don't know if it's, and here's where the question is, it's around the events. You sponsor events, and I'm not sure if you're able, you're the one who is bringing the talent. I can't tell you how many people I've gone to listen to at UCSB Arts and Lectures that was sponsored by KCLU, where you have a little party um, around, you know, before the event. And that bringing live voices into the communities that we hear on the radio so we can listen to them in person is such a value add for the community. Is that unique to your well, station? Well, you just like, you just, you can't even know how happy you just made me. <laughs> um, it, it's one of those things that's, it's, it's validating. Mm. It's like going to the gym a lot and watching what you eat <laughs> so you can pull on that one pair of jeans that last time, like, like crushed, crushed you and you mm. thought, oh my God, I've just mm. crushed all my internal organs. But then you slip them on and they zip up and you're like, oh yeah. Okay. That's the kind of validation you just gave me. I'm Thank feeling you. so you're good. You're welcome. And I'll tell you why. We, KCLU, since going on the air, and it was part of my mission, uh, original business plan. We are not L.A., we are not Chicago, we are not Philly, we are not New York. We are Ventura and Santa Barbara County, and now San Luis Obispo, you know, we're the tri-county area. That does not mean that we do not deserve, nor should we <laughs> miss out on having nationally recognized talent right here in our own backyard. And so from the time we have signed on, I have worked really hard to bring the voices that you hear when you listen to KCLU right here. So I'm going to go back two weeks ago. The great Ira Flato, host of Science Friday Live, you hear every Friday on KCLU from 11 to 1, one of the most popular Mm -hmm. uh, public radio personalities came and did a show at the Thousand Oaks Civic Arts Plaza. We sold out 18, all 1800 seats. It was a phenomenal show. It showcased um, uh, Southern California uh, thought leaders and provokers, people Mm -hmm. from right here in our own backyard. And because probably because I'm a mom, but I am a huge proponent in, of STEM education, especially for young women and yep. girls. Yep. It's, yep. You know, I am just such a flag waver of, hey, young girls, 
you can be and should look at being a scientist, mm -hmm. an engineer, a mathematician, a any STEM-related project. We did something really fun. I had local sponsors that were terrific, and, and, and I do want to thank them because SAGE did this, SAGE Publications and Amgen, Endless Cumbris Observatory in Goleta, and they made it possible by sponsoring the event. We gave away to all STEM educators and children, young adults, high schoolers, junior high, um, Cal Lutheran students as well, free tickets. So the whole balcony mm. was given mm. away and some of Founder Circle. So they could come. We had a mini science fair outside the facility beforehand where the, um, the, the robotics club, let's say for, it was uh, four high schools in the Ventura area, came, built a robot that Ira Flato rode out on stage. <laughs> the reason oh I'm my saying gosh. this is it was so cool, but it was so exciting because here's somebody that he only does a few select shows a year. We contacted him a year in advance and said, you need to come here. This is an amazing market. We're going to sell this out. It's going to be unbelievable. And he said, this is by far one of the best shows mm. I oh have ever done wow. anywhere in the country. Wow, 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 wow. But remember, we've also had Terry Gross here. We've also had, you know, host of Fresh Air. We've also had Scott Simon here, host of, you know, Weekend Edition. We went, uh, and so we went and we were front row for Ira Glass at the Granada. Yay! Oh, Ira Glass, be still my heart. So all these <laughs> right. amazing people, um, these talented, talented people should be here, and we're proud to bring them. Now, next year is KCLU's 25th anniversary, and I cannot say, you know, the people that are coming, but we're going to do a variety of really amazing shows. Um, one is going to be at the Libero in Santa Barbara with an just an amazing show and amazing people that you know and love, and you'll be hearing about that later on in the year. But, yes, you know, we all deserve and should have the opportunity to have these voices be right here in our own backyard, and I'm over the moon that you've recognized that and over the moon that people can come and experience these great and entertaining shows. We talk all the time about what makes a culturally relevant community and the, the, the pillars that, that you have to have that hold that up. And local investigative journalism, local, a local voice that is identifying and recognizing what's going on in the community and then broadcasting that back out to the rest of the community. With the loss of so many newspapers lately, of, of local newspapers especially, or at least the loss of kind of an independent editorial voice in those local uh, newspapers, it's, it's, that's just a, another accolade to you guys and what you're doing at KCLU. Um, it gives us another... Uh, I mean, like, if that goes away, there's there's nobody there's nobody in second place behind you. It's you. You guys are the last firewall of of that voice that we need. And so, uh, it's 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 vitally important that you keep doing what you're doing. I don't think I need to tell you that, but uh, it's it's just it's wonderful that that when I got here, I moved here from from Portland, Oregon, and getting here and finding. Uh, that same quality of, of voice, that same quality of journalism, so readily and quickly available uh, on my radio in the truck. That's it's it's thank you for everything you guys do, by the way. Well, thank you for saying that. Now, I'm going to I've got to you're going to hear me grunting here in a moment because I'm going to grab my uh -oh. soapbox out so uh -oh. I can please, jump up please. on uh -oh. it. Yeah. I got to move it to the center of my yeah. office thank and you. jump on my soapbox because I want to say one thing that I think is really, really critical for people to know. And sadly, I don't think most people understand this. 
There are 15,000 radio stations approximately in the United States. Five or six corporations, five or six mm-hmm. entities mm-hmm. own mm-hmm. almost all of them. Now, I want people to understand when the Federal Communication Commission, the FCC, allocated radio spectrum, and that, uh, and just for people who don't know, radio spectrum means, oh, 102.3, 88.3, it's where they listen on the radio dial. When the FCC allocated that spectrum, and they were kind of developing the quote-unquote rules for radio, it was all about being local. Every single radio station in the old days, when you applied for a license, basically, they said, how are you going to serve the community? Mm. And people would really have to write, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to play music, but we're also going to run public service announcements, and we're going to do this, and we're going to do Okay. What has happened is that has changed, and now you have five or six corporations that own the vast majority of radio stations in the United States. Mark, that is not good for you, that's not good for me, and that's not good for the consumer. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explain it very quickly, and it's going to hit home because of where we live and what we've gone through in the last year or two. When the hills are on fire mm-hmm. and the ground is shaking yep. or there's a shooter – Mm-hmm. Or there's another horrific incident. It could even be a nat- you know a natural disaster. The latest pop tune, the latest you know uh, 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 Kardashian you know moment that people are talking about, whatever. That's still playing on most of the commercial stations, and the reason for that is it's a giant computer. Mm-hmm. that decides what song, what break, what commercial, that programs the thousands and hundreds of stations that each entity might own across the United States. Generally, the quote-unquote local station people think they're listening to has one person there that is an engineer, okay, um, that keeps the computers, that keeps the servers going, and they, their quote-unquote local person is someone who is not a journalist, I mean, you know, they're not trained in journalism. They may or may not have uh, subscribed to Associated Press. And you know, your listeners, you know what that is, certainly. But Mm -hmm. everyone, you should know that Associated Press, of course, is a service where news pops out. So what we refer to it as, it's called rip and read. So let's say the ground is shaking or all of a sudden they hear an explosion or, God forbid, there's a fire. They go over to Associated Press. They yank a story that someone has written, and they just read it on air, and that's their version of local news. That, as someone who has dedicated their life to public broadcasting, that is painful for me on multiple fronts. Because, first of all, all radio should be local. And that means real people, real feet on the street, as they taught us in journalism school, (laughs) real people walking and getting the story and talking to you and to the newsmakers, the opinion leaders. Okay, Lance Orozco, during the fires that ravaged our community, uh, we all know that, and the mudslides Mm -hmm. (laughs) that came after – Lance literally was out in the field for days. One day he came back here. I smelled him before I saw him because he was so smoke, just reeked of smoke coming down the hallway. He had been up for like 36 hours. I forced him to take a nap before he went back out. <laughs> I in, Downstairs in the lobby, we have a closet where we put the tote bags and the Uh-oh. mugs and all that stuff. <laughs> Uh-oh. He laid in between the boxes. I'm not joking. He yeah. laid in between the boxes of the mugs because he had to sleep where it was dark. I covered him up. I gave him a pillow. Two hours later, he got up and he went back out there. And I say that, yes, he did yeoman duty, but that's what he should do in the sense that 
when you're a journalist, our responsibility is to serve you. It's to serve every single person listening here. If you live in our area, you know we take that seriously. If you're listening somewhere else in the world, your local station should be doing that for you. Not not airing these ridiculous contests or or here's the uh, the latest you know ad we need to run or here is the latest pop song from Joan Joe Jonas or Lady Gaga like both of those artists by the way but <laughs> they should be talking about where you evacuate your large animals if that's something yeah. that you have what neighborhoods are closed off where the Red Cross shelters are popping up that's what radio is supposed to be they're supposed to be serving us you so in my opinion the last bastion for pure you know service and journalism are in many cases their public radio stations mm. because they're people like lance roscoe and duncan lively and willis sandmeyer and myself and, uh, and the entire kclu team who gave up what what could be a much flashier more lucrative career in in the commercial spectrum or someplace else because we're geeky enough to believe deeply in the mission of service every single day i i thank you for that I you don't, can put the soapbox away yeah no you don't have to i keep it close at hand <laughs> i just you keep mentioning your your talented and wonderful staff and it's so strange to me because i don't I've never met any of them. But you feel like you know but all of them. But every name you say, <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. Of yeah, course. I, I moved to Los Angeles uh, years and years and years ago, and I got there, and I knew all the names of the streets. I didn't know where they were or how they connected. I just knew the names of the streets from uh, watching television as a child in the 80s. And so I was like, oh, Ventura oh, Boulevard. Reseda, I know that. And so I have this feeling like at some point my daughter is going to be you know, 13, and she's going to meet uh, Lance Orozco, and, she's gonna be, and he's going to say, I'm Lance Orozco, and she's going to, Oh, wait, I, I know you're reporting. Okay, Let I will me tell close you something funny. Lance is like a rock star. First of all, Lance Orozco is one of the nicest people you will ever meet in your life. That's I describe him That's like good. this. I'm from the Midwest. He's the kind of guy, it's a snowstorm. You're off the side of the road struggling to change a tire. He's the guy who's going to stop and help no. you. That's... He's the guy. He is one of the most decent people you will ever meet in your life. And Lance is one of the hardest working journalists you'll ever meet in your life. And he is so pure of heart when it comes to <laughs> his calling. Anyone who has ever worked with him ever will tell you that. That he, he always says, you know, it's not about getting it first. It's about getting it right. And when you hear Lance Roscoe say something on the air, you can take it to the bank. It's been vetted. He's, you know, verified it from multiple sources. And you can trust what he says when you hear it. He is he is a personal hero of mine. He's just an amazing, amazing, talented man. I have um, two. Now, anyone who's trying yeah. to hire a journalist, don't even think about it. I'll I was just going to yeah. say, like, yeah. <laughs> that's that's an interesting yeah. hiring practice you have of like, will Lance this person is now be a hero? free agent yeah. in the uh, yeah. public? It's just like hitting multiple home runs in the uh, World Series. Well, uh, I remind I remind him daily that um, I'm the best boss he's ever had. I mean, not <laughs> like he's never said that really, but I just feel compelled <laughs> to remind him, so he never wants to go anywhere. Smart, smart, very smart. Um, I, I we're getting to the. Uh, end of our our time together but i i have one 
uh, a personal ask. Um, our listener knows that I am a Tedster. I've uh, been a Tedster for 25 years and the producer of TEDx Santa Barbara. And one of the things that makes our event so spectacular is the quality of ideas that we bring to the stage. Um, it's ideas first, speakers second. And so, Mary, what I'd love to do is I'd love to put you on our radar as one of our early beacons for find, you know, when you hear interesting ideas coming out of interesting voices, um, that mm -hmm. you let me know. Mark, you should go find this person or Lance finds someone in the community who's doing something is interesting that um, might be uh, TED-like or TED-worthy or they're a muted voice mm -hmm. that needs to get a platform that goes out to the world. Uh, we've had 12.8 million views of the videos we've done here in Santa Barbara. It's a big part. When you talk about mission and knowing what you're doing, that's our the other mission we have is is ideas worth spreading. So I would I would ask that in your travels and as people come through the studio that you keep us in mind. Absolutely, and I will tell you, I'm happy to connect you with Lance because you want to talk about he, he could he could give you so many great contacts, so many mm. great ideas. Lance never ceases to amaze me. When I say he's hard, incredibly hardworking. Producing a feature story, there are journalists who will take a week to do a feature story, and, I, and I'm not denigrating them in any way because that might be the amount of time they need to get it to the place it should be. Lance is a feature story every single day, mm. and to see him work is pretty awe-inspiring. I don't know if you heard his piece. Um, oh gosh, it was, it was about a month or so ago. He spoke to a Holocaust survivor. <clears throat> she was part of the Kinder Transport. Um, it was absolutely fascinating. I'll tell you a cute story uh, pr just prior to that. He called her up to interview her. He said, hi, this is Lance DeRosco from KCLU. And she said, oh, I've already mailed in my check. <laughs> no, no, no. He said, no, no, ma'am. Ma I'm, I'm not calling. But she goes, no, I really did. I already put it in the mail. He goes, no, ma'am. Ma'am, I'm not calling for a donation. I'd like to interview you. Oh, that interview uh, was absolutely beautiful something that everyone should listen to if they didn't already hear it it was unbelievable but my point is he will go from interviewing a kinder transport survivor who by the way just lives right in Camarillo and his next interview might be with a um, an author and his next interview may be with someone on immigration and the next interview can be with a nuclear physicist and he can go from topic to topic and guest to guest seamlessly it's quite amazing i love that mary um thank you so much for joining us today this has been a real treat having this conversation well, i wish it has been an i wish honor. you were a little more energetic though <laughs> you know i'm gonna say i'm lucky because mark i put helped put the station on the air. I was part of the original team. We just wow. uh, celebrated our 24th anniversary. Congratulations. Uh, so as I'd like to joke, I was a much younger and thinner woman back then. <laughs> but I will tell you, 24 years into it, every single day I come to work, every single day, Mark, I come excited to be here. Yep. Every day. I you think can tell. I get to, to, to come and be a part of something that I so deeply believe in. And in some small way, and this is very important to me personally, I want to feel that, that we're making a difference and we're making the world a better place. 
And for, for your listeners who have never experienced public radio, whether you listen to KCLU, which you can do because we have the KCLU app no matter where you are, or you find a local public radio station by you, if I say nothing else that resonated with anyone in this time we've spent together, please give yourself the gift, and I mean this sincerely, of listening to and embracing public radio because there's nothing else like it. And that's how I'd like to just end, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that. Public radio, nothing else like it. Um, one of the things we do at the uh, end of our show is we give you the opportunity to put a, wrap a bow around the conversation and give it a title. And I think you just did that without yeah. me even having to ask. That's Thank what you. kind of pro she is. That's she what is. 24 years in radio would do for you. That's exactly <laughs> right. You just you hit your cues, you hit your marks, and you and you and you just drop the mic. That's right. Go to the after party that's and have awesome. a cocktail. We, right. There's nothing we could explain to this person. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> So, Mary, That's thank wonderful. you so much. It's KCLU.org. thank you both for your service oh, to the yeah. community. Thank you both for this wonderful service to the community. Well, we, we love it. We also want to thank California Lutheran University School of Management, our good listener, faithful listener, Gerhardt. Thank you so much, Gerhardt. We love uh, the support you give us. And Tolman and Weicker Insurance Services and our podcasting partner, Polstering Press. You know, Patrick. Yes, Mark. People have been writing, and they're They've taken on this idea of wanting to do their own podcast. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Well, we're, we're the place where you can do that. We have everything you need uh, right here, including uh, talented minds and, and, and caring guidance that will allow you to uh, take your ideas and uh, lock them into digital audio and then permanently release them to the world so that they are always available uh, to go back and listen to. So come talk to us and uh, we'll help you make a podcast. I'm working with a 17-year-old right now who's uh, doing yeah. a show on a millennial eye view of the culture of Southeast Asia from California point of view. Uh, he just released his third show. I'm so proud of him. Well, Mary's going to hire him probably sometime next year. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and uh, I, I'm in the middle of writing his recommendation to get a, uh, his application to go to Harvard. So. Right. That's the kind of folks we work with. So if you um, have an idea for someone who should be on the show, uh, drop me a line uh, to mark at 805connect.com. Thank you in advance. Our show is, is purely driven by ideas that you give us. And until next time, this is Mark Sylvester, your host for 805 Conversations. <laughs>